If you've ever been involved in a United Methodist Church, you know that we're a social church. On the one hand, that can mean that we love to be around each other. We love to see each other. We love to worship together. We love to hug and shake hands. We love to share meals together. But on the other hand, it also means that we are aware, attentive, and involved with the social concerns of our day. It's a deep part of the history of the United Methodist Church. So Pastor Stacy and I, over the next several weeks, have a series of messages to share with you that we're calling Church Social. And they're based on the social principles of the United Methodist Church, which along with the Book of Discipline and the Book of Resolutions, make up the guiding framework for how we organize and engage in ministry as the United Methodist Church and as a United Methodist Church here in Shambly. The Book of Discipline contains some things like the articles of faith and, and our statements about what we believe. These are the framework for how we understand Christianity. They also contain some things that are required for us as United Methodist Churches to put in place in our governance and organizational structure to be duly constituted and chartered as a Methodist Church. But then the corollary to the Book of Discipline is the social principles. And the social principles are a thoughtful and prayerful effort by our church to engage in the social issues of our day biblically. Because we believe that how we interact with the world around us is a vital aspect of our faith in Jesus. And I want to share with you a statement from the Book of Resolutions, which contains all the resolutions approved by our General Conference to accompany the Book of Discipline. This is from the most recent Book of Resolutions in 2016. It says, The United Methodist Church believes God's love for the world is an active and engaged love, a love seeking justice and liberty. We cannot just be observers, so we care enough about people's lives to risk interpreting God's love, to take a stand, to call each of us into a response, no matter how controversial or complex. The church helps us think and act out of a faith perspective, not just responding to all the other mind makers up that exist in our society. And I hope you saw in this past week's midweek email, a link to a video that, that's just a real short introduction into the social principles and how they were born out of our social creed that we adopted in 1908. This was a groundbreaking document that outlined our commitment to social holiness and justice. And the first of our social principles is called the natural world, and it deals with things like climate, energy, animals, food, space, and science, and how we best live a faithful witness to Christ in these areas of our lives. And I want to read in just a second for you a passage from the Psalms that I believe speaks directly to how we understand our role in relation to God's creation, the natural world. It's going to be Psalm 145, verses 3 through 13. And after I read it, I want to ask you to affirm that with me together. Because when I finish, I'll say, this is the Word of God for the people of God. And then I want to invite you right where you are to respond by saying, thanks be to God. And we'll all say that together. So hear now God's Word for us from Psalm 145. The Lord is great and so worthy of praise. God's greatness can't be grasped. 
One generation will praise your works to the next one, proclaiming your mighty acts. They will talk all about the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will contemplate your wondrous works. They will speak of the power of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your great accomplishments. They will rave in celebration of your abundant goodness. They will shout joyfully about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, very patient and full of faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all His handiwork. All that you have made, give thanks to you, Lord. All your faithful ones bless you. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. They talk all about your power to inform all of human beings about God's power and the majestic glory of God's kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingship that lasts forever. Your rule endures for all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is that they're a vision both of what is in God's created world and what can be. And this Psalm, in particular, Psalm 145, holds a special place in the Jewish tradition. It's actually named in the Talmud, which the Talmud is the Jewish record of their interpretation of the scriptures and how they as a community have come to understand life and faith. It's how laws were derived and the basis for their codes and customs. It's sort of their best practices of their faith. The Talmud calls for this psalm, Psalm 145, to be a part of a prayer that is prayed three times a day. It even says in the Talmud, everyone who repeats the Tehillah of David, the psalm of praise, thrice a day, may be sure that he is a child of the world to come. You know, not unlike the Talmud as best practices for the Jewish faith, Methodists have a book of discipline that is sort of our best practices that we've come to understand over the years. And yes, it contains some specific requirements for what it means to be a Methodist church. Uh, Things like the guarantee of an appointment for all ordained clergy that's intended to ensure that the pastor can say what they feel called to say from the pulpit without fear of being fired or driven out. And that there's equal representation at our conferences from both lay members of the church and clergy members to ensure that all voices are heard. And suffice to say that sometimes we can get too caught up in the structure, in the organization, in the rules and the methods that we forget or miss out or lose sight of the message that they're intended to contain and convey. So maybe a a better statement of our best practices is our social principles. The social principles are a statement that we've come to understand and adopt as the application of Scripture to our lives and the issues in our world. For example, the natural world around us. Lately during this pandemic, I've been having a virtual experience of the natural world by playing a game on the Nintendo. It's not a new game, but we're playing it on the Switch, which is the newest console. It's called Animal Crossing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or played it before. It's a lot of fun. And one of the reasons I love it is because it doesn't have any shooting or looting or conquering. 
It's really just your character along with others move to an island and it's your responsibility, your role to sort of care for and cultivate that island and make it a wonderful, beautiful place to live. Not just for you, but for the other residents and for all of the inhabitants of the island. And that's really neat because you're responsible for everything from planting and tending to the flowers, the shrubs, the fruit trees, to caring for the land and the rivers and ponds, seeing about the beaches, the coastline, and the ocean. Now, even though there's nothing to conquer, there's still things to achieve and accomplish, and and you can raise things and grow them and harvest from them. You can catch fish in the water, and you can trade things with people to get the resources that you need to build things. You can get recipes to build the stuff you need for your home. But it really is a, a cool way to experience what it's like caring for and tending to creation and doing it together with others. And it's neat how it's all related and and interrelates. So if you take care of the flowers well, then that encourages the insect life and the butterflies. And so you can find more of the different species of insects and bugs and butterflies and you can catch them and take them to the museum and put them on display in a natural habitat. You can do the same with the fish that you catch or the creatures in the ocean. But if you don't take care of the flowers and the trees and the fruit, if you don't tend to the area around you, then then all of the habitat sort of drops and people are less interested in being there and the animals aren't as responsive and engaged. But if you do, if you tend to it well, you get to see this beautiful environment emerge and grow and develop. And you get to be a part of it. It's fun. But when I hear the psalmist here talking about how all of God's creation works together to praise God, to glorify and lift up God's power and majesty. It makes me think of that game and how much fun it is to see all of the created things work together and to be a part of it and how it creates this beautiful, wonderful existence. The psalmist says that all of God's creation testifies, praises God, naming God's glory and goodness and majesty. And that God's care and compassion extends to everything in all creation. The psalm calls our imagination to consider the wonder and the beauty of the world and all of creation and how all the created world worships God like the sunflowers that lift their heads each day and turn towards the sun or the rainbows that form in the sky after a storm. And you see them on either end stretching up toward the heavens And if you're fortunate enough to see the full rainbow, it looks like these brightly colored loving arms reaching out and holding all the world. Not only do we get to see these obvious signs of the beauty of creation, but there's also hidden signs of the beauty all around us, especially during this time of pandemic and distancing. Have you seen the articles about the animals that are emerging and showing up, wild animals showing up in downtown areas like the coyotes that have been seen on the city streets in Chicago or the wild mountain goats that are showing up in North Wales and Great Britain? 
Now, some people would see that and say, oh my goodness, these wild animals are encroaching on our area, our territory. But I can't help but have thought when I read it, who's encroaching on who? You know, they may be just finally breathing a sigh of relief that they can be out in the world that God created for us to experience and share together. Of course, then there's also our pets at home. I've, I've seen plenty of things written about people's pets laying around looking like, when will these people get back to school and work and leave this house to me? By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Over the Hedge that deals with that topic of what it looks like when people build in the backyard of wild animals called Over the Hedge, that's a great movie by DreamWorks. It's almost 20 years old now, or 15. I highly recommend it. It's family-friendly, but it's a great look at what the dynamics are like when we start to build and encroach on the, the land and the territory and the animal the, that was intended for the animals. There's hidden beauty even in this psalm that we read. Because in fact, every line of it starts with a different letter, the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you were to read it line by line and look down the column, you'd see Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dale, Hey, Vav, all the way down through the psalm, through the Hebrew alphabet. Even in the very writing of it, the construction of this psalm, we see signs of beauty, evidence of beauty that glorifies God just like it says in the psalm. And we know that the hidden beauty of God's creation is written on the hearts of everyone and everything. If we take the time to pay attention and see it, that everything in creation, seen and unseen, speaks to the glory of the kingdom of God, testifies to God's power, and that our care and good treatment of God's creation is like us holding a megaphone up to them to amplify their testimony of God's glory, goodness, and power to the world. Not unlike the Psalms themselves do. How the Psalms build. And as one theologian, N.T. Wright, said, the Psalms build up to this one, to Psalm 145, like a symphony speeding up toward its glorious conclusion. And that conclusion in the Psalms is a testimony to the true character of God, that God is merciful, compassionate, patient, and full of love. This is the music that all of creation yearns to play. And with this Psalm in mind, the United Methodist Church social principle on the natural world states, all creation is the Lord's. And we're responsible for the ways in which we use and abuse it. The natural world is to be valued and conserved because it is God's creation and not solely because it's useful to human beings. God has granted us stewardship of creation. We should meet these stewardship duties through acts of loving care and respect. Therefore, let us recognize the responsibility of the church and its members to support a more ecologically equitable and sustainable world, leading to a higher quality of life for all of God's creation. Maybe in this time, 
we're getting the opportunity for a bit of a reboot on how we relate to and care for the natural world around us. Maybe it's an opportunity, a fresh chance for us to be merciful, compassionate, and full of love toward all of God's creation. Today, I hope that you'll take a moment to look at our church's social media or when you get the midweek email this week and see the article that we share there. It's got 12 ideas, suggestion tips for how we can care for the natural world around us, even during this time of pandemic. And whether you do that or not, I hope you'll take an opportunity, if you can, to come and be present, walk on the campus of the church. We've got a beautiful place to come and be, to see and experience and appreciate the beauty of God's created world. I'm so thankful for things on our campus like our disc golf course. I see so many, not only church members, but people in our community taking advantage of that, an opportunity to be outside and be in God's creation. I'm thankful for all the trails that are back here behind our scout hut that go back through the woods and around the property. So thankful for our scouting ministry. Hopefully you've seen information about that. It's a primarily outdoor ministry, so they found creative ways to operate and meet and still be raising up and training and caring for the kids in our community, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts. If you want to know more information about our scouting ministry, you can find it on our website or look up our troops. All of these are ways that we can be mindful of, care for, and cultivate the beauty of God's creation that by its very design and nature sings praises to God for generations and generations. Our social principle on the natural world is in keeping with the call of Jesus for the kingdom of God to come and to reign in all our hearts and in our world in every way. And as Methodists, we've learned some best practices through the years that by living according to these social principles, beginning with how we relate to the natural world, we are following in the way and in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Amen.